dead hello <laughs> hello to everybody who is just now hopping on the broadcast we're so excited to have you today happy thursday is it raining where you are it's kind of rainy here it's 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 a little rainy but i like rain like i get very happy when it's rainy most people it makes them want to nap it, it makes me want to do that too but i really like rain it makes me pretty happy george is the same way so if you are just now hopping on, please comment, say hello, tell us where you're watching from so that we can say hi to you. I see Buddy Crabtree is on. I don't I don't know as though he's saying hi. He he sent me an emoji man. Is that you with a mask on? Do they have emoji people with masks now? Is that what that is? Please tell me. I see Mr. Chris. Mr. Chris was just here uh, looking at some stuff at the church, helping and serving. Hi, Mr. Chris. And Natalie is on. Johnny's on. As you hop on today, make sure that you share the broadcast because I promise I'm not going to hijack it today. I won't cause us to talk about music. I, well, I'm going to try not to, but I, I don't think it's happening today. <laughs> so Pastor Brian's going to get into the word and it's going to be great. So share the broadcast. Somebody that you know needs to see what is about to happen on the broadcast. But today, all of our memes today, are you ready? They are all from Pastor Nicole. Every <laughs> single one of them come from the brain, not the brain, from, from Pastor Nicole. This is her sense of humor. So... We're going to share those in just a minute. Buddy said it's just a random superhero. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I got very concerned. Is it, it's like a mask, mask <laughs> superhero or something. But Mask man. <laughs> Julie Buck. Hi, Julie Buck. I'm glad it's a superhero and it's not anything other than a superhero. That's exciting. Pastor Nicole is hopping on. Ugh. So excited to be here today. I had something to say before we went into our memes. It floated out of my brain. It's going to come back. 
in Jesus' name. You didn't hi- you didn't hijack the show yesterday. I don't think. I, I think it just went that way. But uh, I felt like I kind of hijacked it the other day when I just kept laughing and it and it turned into silly stories. I don't feel like I've actually hijacked it, but <laughs> Buddy just put uh, looks like a mermaid emoji. Interesting. I have the mer. Yeah, that's a merman. I have the mermaid a emoji. Merman. I have a mermaid emoji by Jade's name in my phone. So I know that that one exists for sure. I see Buddy Crabtree joined again. It, maybe he joined on another device, but maybe Facebook knocked him off because he keeps doing weird emojis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had something to say. What was I going to say? Tell mm-hmm. me what. Oh, I know. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There it is. It came. I just needed to, like, confidently say it. Okay, so Marky said, as the broadcast was coming on, she wants to take a poll. For those of you that are on right now, she wants to know, how are you so good with hopping on right at 12 o'clock? She wants to know if you're setting alarms or if you have notifications up on your phone. Like, how are you so good at ensuring that you are here right at 12 o'clock? If you, Holly's waving, Chris is waving, comment down below how you are here right at 12. Because Marky doesn't think that if she was just here, like, observing, if she would be able to, (laughs) if she'd be able to get it right at 12. So what makes you hop on right at 12 o'clock? Is it an alarm? Is it a notification? What is it? Um, do, 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 do. Let's see here. I see that we have more people hopping, but I can't tell who you are. You have to comment and say hi. Lunch starts at 12. Johnny, so that's just like your your remembrance of, oh, it's lunchtime. Oh, it's time to hang out. That's kind of why we did it. And we started it at 12. Natalie says that she watches the time. <laughs> Buddy says it's spiritual discipline. <laughs> Marky's only half listening, so she'll come back later and get that you digged at her right there. But I really enjoyed it. Julie says that she's just watching the time and making it a priority as often as she can. Julie, you're my people. Y'all, my husband just got here. George, you want to come up and say hi? He just came in. He's been here the last couple days. George is a teacher, and so his schedule's been a little different. But he's been able to be here for some of the broadcasts, and it's been awesome. And I'm really excited to have him. This is my husband. He's pretty great. Hi. Hi, Pastor. I I like him a lot. He's pretty awesome. (laughs) I'm glad you like me a lot. (laughs) Hey, hey, you want to get married or something? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay, Holly says that she has a meeting reminder set. So, so that's far. That's awesome. That's, that's really good. See, a lot of people, a lot of people don't esteem. Um, I, can you switch to me? Ah, hello. Look, I need to sit down. <laughs> Sorry. A lot of people don't esteem things like this, and they don't realize how much they're missing supernaturally. But that's really awesome, Holly. She sets a meeting. Uh, the reason why we started doing these noon broadcasts was during this period of time with uh, Corona going on, 
We know that we will live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I believe it's Matthew 4. We know that God has made a promise. We will live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so what happened was as a pastor, I was waking up every day and I'd have something fresh in my spirit to give to people specifically for this time. And that's a, that's a rhema word to give to people. And if people will honor that and esteem it and receive it, they will have life to the full till it overflows. And so the fact that you set a reminder, that's what, that's an honor of where you're planted. That's an honor of those things. And uh, I just really commend you, Holly, that's really good to set that. Because I said to the church, I said, don't, you know, underesteem these noon. You may think we're just doing a broadcast. It's not just a broadcast. These are words of life that the Lord is bringing down. If you see in Psalm 133, the anointing flows from the head, from Jesus to the beard, which represents your elders or the people in leadership in the body. Then it flows to every person of the body, but it has to be connected. That's how that blessing flows. That's how fullness of life flows. And so you have people that haven't learned that and they don't understand honor of the things of God. And I'll tell you, our society, where the honor of God is one way, our society is 100% this way right now. It's rebellious. Yeah. That'll swing and it'll come back around. It's, it, many times things go in cycles. But just because it's not there now doesn't mean it's not God now. It is God now to honor and esteem. So yeah. good job, Holly. That's awesome. Well, and this is... Even though this is during the week, you know, there's a lot of times where you'll be ministering and it'll build from Sunday or it'll play into what the Lord's doing through the week. So as people yes. watch the broadcast, it's not a different thing. It's your pastor, because you're our pastor here at Boomerang, it's a shepherd casting vision and giving nuggets of life day after day after day. And I know that you have an abundance of things that you could be doing uh, throughout your day. True. And the broadcast is not the only thing you could be doing, but the Lord's told you how important it is for you to be on the broadcast right now, yeah. which is a directive straight from God, which means that what comes out of the broadcast is important to receive. Yes, amen, I agree, I agree. Um, Arabella over on YouTube said, hello, hello, Arabella. We love you. Praise God. So that's a teenager who's taken their lunch hour to watch with us and be fed. And she's here almost every day. So she's taking her lunch. You know, a lot of times people will have lunch, but a lot of times they need to take lunch. Like you need to have a break in the middle of the day. Uh, That helps your brain reset for the afternoon if you're at work. And it's a good thing to come and be fed in the middle of your day. That's why we do it at the noon hour so people can take their lunch. But um, anyway, spend your lunch with us. And have you done the memes yet? I haven't yet. Well, jump on it. I'm dun, ready to go. Dun, 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 mm, dun, dun. Mm. Meme number one. That was two different songs right there. <laughs> Since those beauty salons been closed, selfies dropped like the stock market. This is valid. There's, there's been so few selfies on the interwebs lately. That is true. <laughs> Reminder, all these memes are coming from Pastor Nicole. (laughs) Walmart is now asking customers to use masks. Good luck with that. You can't even get them all to wear pants. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, goodness. Quarantine day 20. Today, I melted an ice cube with my mind just by staring at it. It took a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> and our last one, number four. <laughs> Day 31 of quarantine. Follow me for more recipes. <laughs> what is that? Not only did this make me laugh, it's every Oreo from a package undone with the cream stacked up. <laughs> I, it makes me, that's a skill level I haven't achieved. Because this is how I, like when I would eat Oreos, you can come back to me. This is how when I would eat Oreos, I would eat them as I would take them apart. But I've never successfully done that. That's a, that's funny. That's a level. That's, that made a, me laugh that's a, a new lot. level. Follow me for more recipe ideas. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh my goodness gracious. You know, when you were saying, um, a second ago about the broadcast, what came up to me was, you know, a lot of people right now are missing their people. And I, I totally get that because right now it's a little bit different than it has been. But these broadcasts are kind of like a time where we can still come together and be unified, not just in receiving from you, but in the comments and talking to each other. It's like a mini service. And so for those times throughout the week where you're like, man, I miss my people, I miss talking to them, this is a great opportunity for that. We encourage you to comment in the comments and to talk with us and just be a part. It's, it's us getting to connect with you too. It's so fun. Amen. Amen. Well, yesterday was very interesting. See. Si. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yesterday we talked about the whole time, uh, basically music and movies, I think, from the 80s and 90s was what we and keyed today. in on. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, awesome. Hey, Phil Honeycutt, I see you. And uh, hey, right now, just uh, throw a hands up in the comments if you're watching. Let us know where you're watching from real quickly. Uh, make sure to share the broadcast. Uh, there are what we'll be talking about today. Uh, people need to hear not yeah. only ourselves, but also uh, our friends. There's people that will be blessed and benefit. Their lives will go up because of this. But they won't, it won't go up if they don't hear it. And a lot of times they won't hear it if you don't share it. So I feel like I'm in Romans 10 uh, for those that know what those scriptures are. But uh, anyway, we just welcome you. Today we're going to be talking again about uh, the man who would be king uh, talking about uh, King David before he was king as a shepherd. And uh, we're going to be going into 1 Samuel 17. But yesterday was really interesting. Um, we had fun. And sometimes, I know that sometimes people, uh, sometimes people, they don't understand what, that those moments are important. And so here's, here's what I've found, that it's good to have fun. You even see uh, humor and comedy uh, all over the Bible, actually. Uh, there's quite a bit of it. But some people only approach uh, God in a very serious manner. And it's not that we shouldn't honor and esteem Him. We absolutely should. Uh, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He who sits in the heavens laughs. You know, there's a joy in the Lord. And that's what we were having. And there's also family. 
there's, just, there's family that needs to happen. What I've found in terms of just psychology as a pastor is that people will come for the uh, word. They'll come to church for the word. They'll come to church for the power. Uh, they'll come to church for revelation, but they'll stay because of family. Yeah. Uh, they'll stay because of family. When they have a family, and even Jesus said, you know, who, who's my mother and brother and sisters? These are, you know, this spiritual family. And uh, days like yesterday is really family. And so some people do not see that as important. Yeah. Uh, but I've found that it's very, very important to have days where you just have fun together. Yeah. It's very important. So anyway, that was yesterday, and uh, praise God. I just put up there, hey, I see everybody raising their hand. That's awesome. And uh, I just put up there, uh, if you, at any day, we just have it on Facebook. It's not on YouTube, but uh, if you want to donate or sow into the gospel and what we're doing, the broadcast that we're doing every day, reaching people all over the world, uh, you're welcome in Facebook to do hashtag donate. Yes. And then you just put the uh, mount after it, like I put in the comments, uh, hashtag uh, donate25 would donate $25. You're welcome to do that. Uh, that's available to us now, which I'm, I'm really am excited about. It's a blessing to be able to make it easy for yes. people. So. Uh, anyway, uh, we praise God for you. Let's jump in. Today, the man who would be king, we are talking about, thank you, Barrett. Uh, we are talking about, uh, Lisa says she's watching from work for a tad. And see, that's another thing. You know, why would I stop in the middle of what I'm saying and say hello? I don't do it all the time, but every now and then I do. Some people, I've heard people say, well, I don't like it when somebody's always talking to whoever's writing in. But see, that's family. In other words, we're not just, it's not wooden, it's not stiff, it's, it's being flexible and pliable as family. And the thing about family is things come up. <laughs> it's not always what we plan. Uh, but we don't want to uh, sit back and just be so structured that we have no compassion for people. Uh, so that's why we do it. And specifically, these broadcasts are designed uh, to be an interaction. Sometimes it's more preaching where it's just, all right, I'm speaking and everybody's listening. But uh, that's why we like comments on here and interaction in that way. I uh, like this. Uh, Pastor Awale Adesita from Nigeria uh, he was, his was the church that I preached at last while we were in Nigeria. I love you, Pastor. It's so good to see you. And uh, I know that he, he reached out. They were having quite a bit of violence and some thievery in uh, his neighborhood with the lockdown. And we prayed about it. And the other day, praise God, God moved. He said, we're having no more trouble in our, in our neighborhood. So hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. All right, now... Yep, Buddy put a quote, uh, people come for the word and they stay for family. I would say they come for the word, for power and revelation. Uh, that Those are the healing, uh, would fall under power as well. But those are the things. Uh, some, Not everybody comes for the word, unfortunately. Uh, either one of those would be good. But uh, the, the word, power or revelation, a lot of times they'll come for and uh, but they'll stay for family and it's so important to have that so we're looking at the man who would be king the man who would be king or the person who would be a leader a president a ceo a leader of a nation a government leader uh, a 
shift supervisor at their job, at their work. We're looking at people who would be uh, leaders in their church, a servant leader, a Sunday school leader. We're looking at people who would be ministers, uh, not just not just fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, but who would be leaders in uh, the body. They would be an elder, a deacon, a team member uh, that would be serving. They would, they would be serving in ministry of helps. Whether they were leading the ministry of helps or not, they're leading people as they grow in the Lord. So who are we talking about in this? We're talking about everywhere. Amen. Pastor uh, Adesita says, thanks for the prayers. God has given us peace in our neighborhood. Glory to God. I love it. God is so good. Amen. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 40. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 40. Hey, Pastor Steve, good to see you. Love you very much. Um, In 1 Samuel 17 and verse 40, Uh, We're looking at David, three different portions of his life. Number one was when he was a shepherd shepherd boy. Number two, when Saul starts chasing him and he moves from being just the shepherd into what we would call wilderness time. We're going to talk about that because a lot of times people relate wilderness time to just a time where nothing good necessarily happens or God sent them into the wilderness to learn something. Listen, we're called to the wilderness to bring about the life of God, to bring life where there was none, to bring an oasis where where there was no living water. We're called to bring the, the things of God, salvation. Remember, when you see Jesus go to the wilderness, he beats down the devil. He gets words of revelation. He, gets, he moves in the power of the Holy Ghost. He's not just out there just like wandering around and, and God's you know, disciplining him hard. That's not the way it is. No, he's, he's accomplishing some things. He's, he's breaking down the lack of life and bringing in the blessing of life. When you see Philip go down a desert road, he leads the, the eunuch to Christ. And then he's translated out of that wilderness. So our approach into the wilderness many times uh, gives us an idea of how we're going to succeed in the wilderness. So many times people think about a wilderness time and they really don't think much good is going to come out of it, but I'll do it if you want me to, Lord, and they have the wrong approach toward it. No, this is a place where God will teach us things, but we're going into a wilderness time. If we head into that, we're going with a purpose, and it means all things around us go up because God's always leading us to triumph. Amen. So... Uh, that's all right. Pastor Steve said, sorry for not responding yesterday. Had to leave a little early. No problem. <laughs> no problem at all. Did you come up with a song? That's what I want to know. <laughs> what? I, I don't know your background, Pastor Steve. I didn't know if you've been in the church all your life or uh, if you weren't. And uh, so that's what we were curious about. Did you have favorites from the 70s, 80s, and 90s? And uh, if so, what were they? We had it across the board. We had songs across the board, uh, secular, non-secular, everything. It was funny. But uh, all right, so we are looking at David in these three pieces of his life. The shepherd boy, the wilderness time where he's running from Saul, and then the throne when he takes the throne. And right now we're still in the shepherd. Let's look right here, 1 Samuel seventeen forty. He is about to face Goliath. 
Uh, I'll tell you, a couple of days ago, that message was so powerful. The anointing of God flooded in on this broadcast. And if you haven't heard it, it, it definitely applies to now, but it really applies for any time that you're uh, facing anything uh, in the Spirit, which should be all the time because we're always advancing and taking ground. The kingdom of light is advancing and pushing back the darkness. This is what we're called to do. But at verse 40, what just happened is that Saul, King Saul tried to give, uh, tried to give David his armor and David wouldn't accept it. And one of the things we talked about is you need to have tested it. Don't wait till you get in the battle to work on your faith. You need to learn how to encourage yourself, strengthen yourself by meditating on the Word and remembering past victories from God. And so that just happened. He denied Saul's armor because he hadn't tested it and it wasn't his gift. It was King Saul's gifting not David's. And this is very important. So in other words, if he went out there and tried to operate in King Saul's anointing, in King Saul's gifting, it wasn't going to work. I feel certain that it would have been a little bit different. Uh, but now so he's facing uh, Goliath, and here it is, verse 40. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had, even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Now, I just want to tell you that there's a whole teaching on the five stones, the shepherd's bag, the staff. Uh, there's, there's a teaching on all of that. Uh, some, it was a common thing uh, for them when they won a victory or on their shepherd's staff to have a remembrance of victories in the past. So most people think that on that staff would have been a picture of the bear, a picture of the lion that God helped him overcome. So as he's taking the staff, he's not just taking, that also represents the word of God, uh, things like that. It represents everything godly. In other words, he's taking the things that he needs. He has the word in him. You see, he's approaching this giant. He's got the word in him. He has memories of, of the victories before. In the shepherd's pouch are certain things uh, that would have been very symbolic in this victory. Supply from the Lord, things from the Lord, weapons from the Lord, this sling. Uh, he's going to put the rock. Jesus is the rock. I mean, so there's a whole teaching around just this one verse. That's not what this uh, broadcast is about. Study it if you want to. Um, I believe one of the people that I've heard talk about that is Dr. Mark Barclay, I believe, has a teaching out about uh, this verse and what he took with him. And uh, he's probably more studied on it than I am, but you can look that up, Dr. Mark Barclay. And uh, so what you see, though, here is he is taking the word with him. Uh, Jesus is the rock. You see that the rock uh, he chooses from the brook, from the living water of God. And so we need to have a flow. We need to be in the flow of the living water of God. And we need to constantly take Jesus in our hand. He is our weapon. He is our strength. And then he put them in the shepherd's bag. In other words, he retained them. He had them at the ready all the time. He carried with them. I'm not trying to get into detail, but there are some things for anybody that would be king. 
and he put them in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. This is not something that you want to go into a battle and not be armed, not be armed with something. We are not just defensive. We are, in Christ, an offensive people, an offensive people. In other words, it's not that we offend people, but we are on the offense. We are not on the defense. Uh, one great point is, if you look at the, uh, the uh, what is it, excuse me, what is it in Ephesians uh, 6, talking about the weapons and our shield of faith and everything, what it, huh? The armor of God, thank you. And when you look at the armor of God, you see that all of it is facing forward. There's not protection behind us because we are the light pushing back the darkness. We are on the offensive, right? This is an approach. So many people uh, have been taught that humility is just always backing up and being sheepish in our uh, false humility. This is not God. God is a passionate, moving forward, growing our talents, increasing and overflowing God. This is who He is. Uh, we need to make sure that we understand that's who God is. And if that's who God is, we look to the rock from whence we were hewn. That's who we are in the Spirit. So when we try to be the people that put it in reverse, we're actually crossing our new man nature in Christ, and it's never going to work. We are going forward. We are breaking new ground. We are taking territory. The words like this, occupy till I come. You are overcomers. You are more than a conqueror. This is the heart of God. This is who he is. We must understand that's who he is. We don't sit idly by. David is advancing towards that, that giant. He is not backing up. Now, let me give the other side of that. There is a word that the Lord can give that says, okay, this is not your fight. In other words, it, it is a fight of God, but it's not for you right now. Give you an example of that. Jesus, they're about to throw him off the cliff. He just passes through the crowd. Uh, you see Paul about to be captured at the wrong time. They lower him down in a basket. Many times you see these things happen. Uh, they're Paul and Silas in the jail. God breaks them out of the jail. You know, many times these things could happen where they could have stood up and said, no, we're going to fight right here. And they would have died because the word of the Lord was, it's not time for you to stand up and fight at that moment. But you have to understand that the general approach of the kingdom of God is it is advancing and its advancement is always, here's the key, led at the leading of God. So Jesus never said anything but what he heard the Father say and, and hear this point. He never did anything but what he saw the Father do. So, for example, and uh, when he comes into the temple, he was in the temple many times. But three times he decided to clear it out, right? Or three or two times. Two or three times. He clears out the money changers, two times specifically. Um, he clears out the money changers. Well, he was in there a lot. Why didn't he do it every day? He didn't see the Father doing it that day. Uh, why did he not heal the guy at the gate that Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. Rise and walk. 
Why did Jesus not heal that guy? He would have passed that guy too because he didn't see the Father do it. Why didn't he heal all the people at the porch in John 5 where the angel was stirring the water? Because he's, the Lord said, go to this one person. And so you have to understand that our advancement always is at the leading of God, but don't get into the point where you never hear God leading you to do any advancement. If you never hear God telling you to take ground, you're, you're probably missing it. God and the kingdom is advancing. Amen, Pastor. He says, I am moving forward. We are always moving forward. And so God is moving forward. But he does have a strategy to it. And it's up to us to make sure that we attend to his strategy. Remember, um, you could look at uh, giving. And you could say, well, I'm going to sow crazy giving, which I'm a fan of. Um, Nicole just showed me a couple of years ago what we gave that year. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty good giving. Glory to God. You know, it surprised me the amount. And we had just decided we're going to give crazy. But then you go over to 1 Corinthians 13, 3, and it shows that I can give all my possessions to the poor and have not love, and it profits me nothing. I can give everything, or I can give my body to be burned and have not love. In other words, those are good choices, but they're not God choices. Love says, I'm hearing from the Lord, and I'm applying, and I'm doing exactly what he says. In other words, you can try to advance where God's not backing it, and you will find yourself without provision. But if you never hear any words from God to advance, you're probably on the wrong channel. It's very important for us to see that and to understand that. All right, so looking at this, here's David. He's advancing towards uh, this giant, this enemy that doesn't have covenant. And David's going with covenant, right? Verse 41, Then the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. So uh, you don't think that when you approach the enemy, they're just going to turn tail and run. Many times, the enemy doesn't know that they're beat. But it's, a, it's an issue of who believes more in what they're doing. <laughs> See, if right now, if David thought, all right, I'm going to go face this enemy and I'm going to put on a big front. And all of a sudden, uh, Goliath, he thinks maybe... Maybe many people in David's position goes, as soon as I do that, the enemy will run. It won't even be a battle. Well, that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> Maybe it happens every now and then. But many people, all of a sudden, the giant and the enemy turns toward them, and they might, louder and stronger. And, and then that Christian's like, ah, and then they run. You know, they, they think, oh, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. That was too big of a fight. No, you count the cost before you enter in. No, I know it's likely to turn into a fight. But I know I got a big brother that's bigger than anything they're carrying. You know, he's bigger, he's greater, he's mightier. And I'm in covenant with Jesus. I'm in covenant with the Father. And he's the biggest. And so you don't see backup. You know, you don't hear the backup sounds uh, like we have on trucks here when they put it in reverse. Beep, beep, beep. John, Goliath didn't do that. He advanced. All right. And then verse 42. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. In other words, he was sitting there going, man, he said, who is this? 
You know, do we think that our enemies are going to look at us and go, oh, well, he's a Christian. I'm not going to mess with him. I'm not going to mess with him. Oh, I'm, nah, no way. I, he, he's too much. No, the enemy doesn't know. If they knew how good and how big God was, they'd be a believer. They wouldn't be the enemy. They'd be on your team. They don't know how big God is. They think that they can just bully stuff around. They, they, this enemy, this lack in your finances, this lack of peace in your home, this sickness, it, it's not going to just back off because you put on a Christian front. No, you got to have some backbone in the Word and in who God is to back up your advance or else you'll never have any territory. Many people, they think they're ready and then they enter into a fight. You know, it's funny to me. It's funny to me how many people, uh, I'll watch them. I'll, this, this is a funny thing. I, I enjoy watching this. How many people, when all of a sudden a demon manifests, we find out who the believers are. <laughs> a demon starts manifesting. I watch, I've had it multiple times in the sanctuary. A demon starts manifesting, church service is over or something. The anointing during the service started breaking off the, the grip of that demonic force in somebody's life. Church service is over, a demon starts manifesting. It's funny. Some people come and look in curiosity. Some people are ready to fight. But then there's, there's another crowd and they're like exiting the sanctuary like, ooh, ooh Jesus, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because, and it shows who knows who they are and who, who doesn't. Now, here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to be the person who thinks you're ready, but then find out you're really not. Uh, one time we were, at a, um, we were at a place, and uh, it was me and a couple other folks, and there was a demon manifesting, and uh, let's see here. How do I say this? Anyway, the demon was manifesting, and the other guy was a full-grown man, uh, bigger than I am. And uh, we were trying to control, uh, in a sense, he was more trying to physically control this uh, demon's manifestation in this person who was quite small in stature. And uh, I watched as this quite small in stature uh, person that had a demonic force uh, affecting them, lift this huge man up off the ground, <laughs> lifting him like this. And uh, what they found out was, see, the authority that they had in the spirit was not strong enough, so they went to the physical to try and restrain. They actually made it worse. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is try to physically restrain a spiritual situation, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, sickness and disease. All right. Hey, Ashley, so good to see you. And uh, so this is what was happening. And, and I saw it. I said, Lord, something's not right here. I could tell we were handling it wrong. I was still young enough to not see it right away. Uh, but I knew I had spiritual authority in the situation. And I said, stop, stop restraining them. Stop trying to physically utilize or appropriate your, your authority back up off and let God do it. In other words, don't, don't think that physical force is what's going to win this spiritual battle. Don't think that physical force is going to win the spiritual battle. So you look at here, this is exactly what Goliath is looking at. He's looking at the physical side of things because God and spiritual things don't mean anything to him. He disdained David. 
How dare you send a boy into a man's fight? You think this boy is going to beat me? And I imagine he thought, he probably at that moment thought Israel was a bunch of, of wimps. I mean, he probably thought that, that's interesting. Kevin says Jonathan tells a similar story. It was an interesting moment, Kevin. <laughs> it was a good learning experience. So anyway, um, I imagine going through Goliath's mind at that moment, I imagine that Goliath was going, what a bunch of wimps. There's not a man in them that'll come out and fight me. And their answer is a boy? And then it's like, who does this boy think he is? And, he, and the word says, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome pair. And not all, you know, it, it almost sounds like he was a boy band boy. You know, <laughs> so it's like, you're going to send this guy that, that looks handsome. He doesn't even look like he's handled anything. Now, little did he know, David knew God. David had experience. But he didn't have the physical experience that Goliath had. He had the spiritual experience. He had experience in the Word. He had experience praising God. He had experience worshiping the Father. He had experience meditating on the law of God, on the goodness of God. He had experience knowing who he was in Christ. He had experience in intimacy with the Father. He had experience in the covenant of Almighty God and Himself. Glory to God. He had an experience Goliath couldn't see, that the enemy couldn't see. All right. Now that didn't stop Goliath and get in his head. Christine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Well, we know the end of the story. Apparently those curses didn't work too well. <laughs> Whoops, used the wrong gods. Uh, oops. But here's one of the things that we see. We see the devil's trying to get in David's head. This is where it becomes very, very important in the word. It becomes very important that you know uh, Philippians chapter 4, specifically verse 8. Philippians 4 and verse 8. Let's look at it. Just bring me the handheld. Has the battery been checked? They said the, the microphone's not been working. All right, is that any better? We'll have to check it. So specifically, verse 8 in Philippians chapter 4. And he says this, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good report, if there's any excellence or anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. One thing I'll just make mention, make sure that I'm not in the red on this mic because it's set differently. All right. He says, dwell on these things. Another thing is in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Uh, 
or excuse me, verse 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is very important for us to understand. The devil is going to try and get in our heads. He's going to try and get in your head. He's going to try and curse you by his gods. You know, when we were heading over to Africa, the Lord made it very clear to me uh, that an attack of witchcraft had come against. It was an interesting moment. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew something was up. And so we were heading over to Africa. I was on the plane, and the Lord said, it's witchcraft. Well, uh, we came against it. Uh, Evangelist Stephen Hurlbert and I were there uh, together. I told him about it. We were right there in the airport, and uh, we said, no, in Jesus' name, we come against that thing instantly, within minutes, that power. You could feel it break. You could feel it dissolve. We had no more issue with it whatsoever. He's going to try and curse you. He's going to try and get in your head. He's going to try to stop you. It doesn't matter what he does. I have a covenant with Almighty God. I have a covenant with the Lord God Almighty. I have a covenant. And he loves me with an everlasting love. We must understand that God has this all worked out already. He knows. Just like David, these things are things that we need to make sure that we understand what the enemy is going to try and do. He's going to try and back us down. He's not going to stop. He's going to try and get it, get us to go about it his way. Let's do it by force. You see, when Saul was trying to give him, give David his armor, he thought this battle was going to be won physically. This battle wasn't won physically. It was won spiritually. This battle wasn't won physically. It was won spiritually. It was won through covenant. It was won through faith. It was won through hope and through love. This battle, this giant, this enemy was defeated spiritually because the weapons of our warfare are spiritual, not physical. But this comes out of intimacy. Do you think David would have won if he hadn't have been intimate with God? If he wouldn't have been in fellowship with the Father, worshiping and praising Him for years before this, if he hadn't known the ways of God, the faith of God, and how to trust in Him, would he have won over the lion? Would he have won over the bear? Would he have won against Goliath? No. No, it came out of intimacy, which is what I was saying before. You must understand. You must understand. You don't wait till the battle to load your weapon. You don't wait till you get in the middle of it for faith to try and figure it out and see how it works. I think we're seeing this a lot right now in the American church. You've got people that once this lockdown and this pandemic tried to come in and, and do something, they haven't really applied faith in that way in a long time. We're looking to apply it every Sunday. So it, it didn't feel any different for us at Boomerang. And that's a good, that's a good testimony. 
testimony. But if, it, if you find yourself in a position where faith and hope and love is something that you feel unfamiliar in, then what we need to do is work to get familiar with it again. We need to work so that the power of God, we know how to get it to flow. We know how to get it into manifestation. We know how to get the victory and drive back that enemy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He cursed him by his gods. <laughs> Should have picked some other gods, Goliath. Didn't end well for you. Didn't, didn't end well for you. Should have picked some other gods. Should have chose the everlasting father. He should have chose another God. His gods didn't work. His gods didn't work. His gods didn't work. His gods didn't work. Our God works. Our God's hand, his arm is not shortened. His hand is not weak. It's strong. It's mighty. If God be for you, who can be against you? Goliath picked the wrong gods. David picked the right one. And in all lack of logic, David beat him down, took his head. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beast of the field. Who come to me. He says, look, and what is he trying to do? He's trying to get in his head. He's, he's already he's taunting him. He, he thinks this thing is one. You see, just like on, at Calvary, these, these demons thought they had one with Jesus. They were taunting him. You said you'd save the world, but you can't even save yourself. Who do you think you are? And you, uh, the high priest spitting in his face, slapping him, uh, cursing him. The high priest of Judaism. He's, he's mocking him. They're ripping out his beard. They think they got it won. But there was a power that they didn't know about. A resurrection power on the inside of Jesus by the Holy Ghost. And every believer today has that resurrection power inheritance on the inside of them. The question is, do they know it and do they know how to apply it? We're the people that know it and know how to apply it. And if we don't know it, we're going to go after it more. And we're going to keep going into the things of God. Here's Goliath. He thinks this thing is one. He says, David, I'm going to rip your flesh off. I'm going to feed it to the birds and to the beast of the field. And basically what he's saying is, David, the animals, the coyotes, the jackals, they're going to find your gut strewn all over this field. This is a vicious taunt. Many times this is the way the devil comes into our lives. He comes with vicious taunts. I, I can Let me give you an example of this. this. This may not seem like it's the same, but it's the same evil demonic spirit. I can remember thinking uh, not, just the other day the devil tried something again uh, to me. To me. And he, I can remember sitting there and all of a sudden I'm thinking and, I, and out of nowhere comes these pictures, this was several years ago, but he tried something the other day, come these pictures of my family in a terrible, horrific 
traffic accident. I mean a horrific traffic accident. And I'm like, I have these images in my head, like blood and, and glass broken and, and metal crumpled and all this stuff. And for a while he was trying to do it all the time. And then he was trying to even do it in my dreams. I was young enough to not know everything that was going on. But I got a hold of uh, Psalm 127, 1 and 2. He gives to his beloved even in his sleep. He gives good sleep. And I realized I need to apply faith to that verse, and I need to receive the sleep of God, the precious sleep of God, the rest, the peace. And I started coming against those thoughts. No, I'm taking those thoughts captive. I'm the protected of the Lord. I'm, that's when I really got revelation on the verse. I'm in the world, John 17. I'm in the world, but I am kept from the evil one psalm 91 no plague will come near my dwelling no evil will come near me come near my family as for me and my house we will serve the lord i started giving the word to it but it was the same vicious death threats that goliath was saying here the devil was just trying to do it deceptively like one vision at a time you see that's how it comes oh you go outside without a mask right now you're going to catch the corona and then it's going to be painful it's the same demonic spirit of fear that tries to get in your head and our job that the lord tells us is take every thought captive what I love, we've been talking about it, we've been talking about it, we've been talking about it, we've been talking about it. We've been saying, uh, listen, you've got to understand that what you experience when pressure comes on you, what you have inside of you is when pressure comes on you, what you experience tells what you have inside of you. So when the pressure of Goliath's words hit David, what came out of him was a covenant mandate, strong in faith, strong in hope, and strong in love. What came out of him was a strong anointing of God that said, oh no, hold up. Verse 45. Then they, see, you've got to be filled up. Before you get into the battle. You've got to be filled with the word of God. You've got to be filled with the anointing of God. Before you get into the battle. So that when you find yourself in the battle. And sometimes you know it's coming. And sometimes you don't. But we're supposed to be so filled up in the presence of God. You know, praise. He inhabits the praise of his people. We got to be in praise all the time. We got to be in praise. Just today, before I was coming here, I wasn't even planning on doing this, but I passed by and uh, I saw uh, Tim Shuttlesworth's wife. Uh, up in West Virginia. I saw his wife post a video of Brother Hagen when the Holy Ghost hits Marty playing the piano and he goes running everywhere and then he passes the microphone to Leroy Thompson and the Holy Ghost is in it. It was, it was a video uh, that, uh, oh gracious, who was it that uh, took over the ministry from Reinhard Bonnke? What's it? Daniel Kalinda had posted that video, and uh, he said, this is precious and holy. Don't make fun of it. Man, I, as soon as that did it, I felt a praise coming on me. I felt a praise, and God inhabits the praises of his people. See, what Goliath couldn't see in David, because it took eyes of the Spirit to see, was this little boy had been praising God from his youth, and he was full of a spirit, and it was not the 
spirit of fear. He was full of the spirit of God. And what God, what Goliath received was the hand of the Lord through a little boy because he was full of the presence of God. And here it comes out, verse 45. Go to 43 again. Let me, let me set the scene one more time. Then the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Mistake. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beast of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you and I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Glory to God. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by a sword or a spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. <laughs> what happened? Oh, the enemy thought he had him. He was like, God, they're sending a boy with sticks. I got, I got my own shield bear out here with a shield that weighs more than he does. <laughs> what is this? He, they thought they had it done. It's, it's like the perfect Cinderella story. I mean, here it is. Here's, there's no way that boy is going to beat that warrior. And so all of a sudden he starts taunting them. But he didn't know what David was filled up with. It wasn't a spirit of fear. It was God Almighty. He had God in his presence. He said, I'm not, he said I'm, we're not going to beat you. You come to me with all your physical weapons. But I'm coming to you with the hand of the Lord. And watch what David says. It's important. He says, you say that you're going to feed me to the birds and the beast. But I tell you, this day, I will feed you to the birds and the beasts. And, and the armies, all the dead soldiers of your army will feed them to the beast as well. I don't know what Goliath was thinking right then, but I do know this. Most of the time when people get into a place, <laughs> most of the time when people get into a place where they think they got it won, and then somebody speaks with that kind of confidence back to them, it sets them back a little bit. <laughs> like, whoa, was not expecting that. This is the same thing that happened at Calvary. It says, had they known what they were actually dealing with, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because there was a glory of the Lord that came about in the resurrection of God. 
You've got to watch these things that come up and try and taunt you and, and try to scare you and try to move you into the places where you're always backing down and you're never advancing. You've got to watch these things that try to do it. And you've got to have inside of you a covenant that will stand up no matter what. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands. And he says, look, and it's going to be a sign to the whole assembly. There's a God in Israel. You see, when you start winning battles like that, it's not that you should go out and just pick battles just because you can. No, you only move at the leading of God. But you have to understand that when God puts you in the midst of the battle, he's, he's expecting that you win because you have him on your side. When you find yourself in that place and you've listened to him and you're in the right place at the right time and it's battle time, you know that 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be unto God, who's always leading me to triumph in Christ and manifesting through me the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. I'm not thinking I'm going into that battle to be defeated. I'm going in to take ground. I'm going in with the light of God, with the Father of lights. And darkness has no answer for him. Darkness can't comprehend it. Darkness can't overcome what's shining through me in Jesus Christ. Now, if you try to put on a false humility and a pride, thinking that you're actually at that place when you're not, you're in for an awakening. So it's not a time to play games. But this is supposed to be a normal, everyday thinking for believers. A normal, everyday thinking. This is the place where we are called to live, not just you know once every 20 years. No, we live in the place of taking ground from darkness. We live in the place. Glory to God. And God wants to give you the victory. Because what it shows is he's on your side. He's alive. What it shows in today's earth is God has better plans for you than the government has. God has better plans for you than the news has. God has better plans for you to give you a future and a hope for you to fare well and not for calamity. God is worthy of accepting. When you start to live this way, uh, give yourself as a holy and living sacrifice in Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, you start to see that your life proves, your victories prove that God is there for other people too. And God's will is good. God's will is perfect. And God's will is acceptable. He says, this day, 47, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by the sword or by the spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give it into our hands. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David that David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet the Philistine. It happened when he rose. So the Philistine, so Goliath stood up and he rose and he came and he drew near. In other words, he didn't wait. He was, he was ready to go. Your enemy is ready to go. Many Christians have not been ready to go. If I ask you right now today, come on with me, I heard about a house that's got a horde of demons in it. Most people are not sitting there ready to go at a spiritual level because they haven't awoken to the point where they know they need to be ready in season and out. And we're not talking about the fivefold ministry. I'm talking about believers, those that believe 
will lay hands on the sick. They'll cast out devils. Those that believe, not those who are called into fivefold ministry, those that believe, believers. Verse 49. David put his hand into his bag. He had a storage place in the spirit where the word of God was, where the rock of God, where Jesus who is his victory was. He had, he had a storage place in the spirit. He put his hand into his bag and he took, and took from it a stone. That stone represents a promise of God, a victory in the rock of the Father, Jesus Christ, a victory through Jesus. And he slung it. And you know, many people, they got the word and they, and they have not studied it enough. They can't sling anything at the enemy. No scripture comes out of them when they're pressed. They're not, they're not speaking uh, and receiving the way that God does. You know, in Mark 11 it says, have, have the faith of God or have faith in God. And the original language means have the God kind of faith, which means you speak and believe and it's done. Just like in Genesis when he said, he spoke, light be and light was, right? He spoke into that. He told Moses, that, watch, this is what kept Moses out of salvation, out of the promised land. When, God, when Moses came back to the rock the second time and God said, last time you struck it, last time you were in the law by physical acts, but this time it's a type and shadow of a new covenant. When believers overcome the world by faith, I don't want you to strike it, I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses went back to the law, went back to the physical, and he struck the rock instead of speaking it, and it kept him out of the promised land. That's the action. Many people are outside of their promised land because they've got no ability to sling the word at the enemy because they're not filled up with the word. They've got no ability to sling an offensive weapon at their spiritual enemy because they've not studied to show themselves approved. We must move in the things of God. Learn who he wants us to be. We must know who we are in Christ. In him we live and move and have our being but if we've not spent time if we waited to the battle to load our weapon with the word when the pressure applies we will lose but if we do what we're supposed to like the Bereans who were noble and went home from a message and studied the scriptures in Acts I think it's 17 he's studying I think it's 17 11 maybe he, they go home and study the scriptures they said, the Bible says, by the Holy Ghost, they were more noble than them all. When he tells Timothy, study to show yourself approved. He says, keep this word, tells Joshua, keep this law in your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Murmur it, speak it. Then you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way successful. We've got to be filled up with the knowledge of God and the things of God so that we can actually speak that word out there and be an offensive weapon against the kingdom of darkness. He slung the rock and he struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone 
and he struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in David's hand. There was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and took over the Philistine and took his own sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Then the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistine as far as the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the slain Philistines lay along the way to Shiram, even to Gath and Ekron. See, when one person filled with the things of God will apply those things in a battle. It encourages everyone around him to take strength, take faith. There is a God in Israel. There is the real Lord of lords and King of kings that dwells in that church, in your church, in our church. There's a God there. There's a healer there. There's a deliverer there. There's a victorious God in a victorious people. But that's never going to happen if we don't wake up to the fact that we need God. The sons of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and plundered their camps. They plundered their camps. You see, along with the victory goes the spoils of war. You look at another story, they sent their praisers out first. And it took them three days to pick up all the gold, all the weapons, all the gems that was in that. took the army three days. God is looking to overflow your life. But you don't move into the place of the spoils of war. You don't move into the place of victory until you're filled with the things of God that come from intimacy. In Him we live and move and have our being. Verse 54. Then David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. And he put his weapons in his tent. Now when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this young man? And Abner said, by your life, O king, I do not know. The king said, you inquire whose son the youth is. So when David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the Philistine's head in his hand. You have to see it and understand that you will, the things and the victories, the giftings of God on your life will make room in front of kings and great men in the world. The way that we move there, the way that we get there is that we start where David did as a shepherd boy. Out there by himself, many times, him and the sheep. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Here's something to know for the people that would be king. God wants to do great things. He wants to raise you up and put you in front of great people. Make his glory your glory. But the whole key to it all is that in times when you feel alone, I can tell you as a pastor, there have been many times where I feel alone, felt alone, and you know, I, I don't really feel alone as much as I used to. I mean, today we have people here, almost everything we do, there's people around. But in the first few years, everything we did, it was just me or Nicole. It was, that was it. And even as we advance, you know, the more that you advance, just by logic, you 
you get to places where few and fewer people are. So in those moments where you feel alone, just be about the father's business. He was about Jesse's business, handling his sheep. And in the middle of handling the sheep, when he fell alone, he actually found the key that would kill Goliath and move him to the throne. Lord, I love you. I praise you. Lord, I meditate on your word day and night. You are a strength to me. You are my shield. You are my fortress under your wings. He found an intimacy. And this intimacy with God would keep him all the way through being a shepherd, through the wilderness, and even on the throne. Because in that intimacy, and uh, Jesus comes in John 3 to bring us to eternal life, John 3, 16. But eternal life is this, that we may know the Father and his son, that we may have an intimate fellowship with the father and his son. That's the key to everything. In him, we live and move and have our being. When you feel alone, when you don't feel alone. When you feel on top, when you don't feel on top. We move into a relationship and fellowship with God, and that's the key to overwhelming victory. Verse 58, Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He brought honor to his house because he honored God. Now, now Jesse's whole house is known and honored because the son did what he should do. God will be honored in your life. See, when you win victories like this, when you win victories, and see, they start with small victories. They start... They, a lot of times they start with just getting healed of a headache or, or just helping somebody else. When you start at that level, they grow, and all of a sudden God can trust you with the lion and the bear, and all of a sudden he can trust you with Goliath because you've grown. You've learned the key is fellowship with him. You've grown in these things. And what happens when you start to win these battles on a regular basis all of a sudden, the kings of the earth will draw you and say, what's your key? Who's your father? I want to know. I want to know God. I want to know Jesus like you know him. You've got something, and I need to know what you know. Who's your father? How can I, And people will start to honor God. People will start to honor Jesus because you're walking in these things. This is the kind of people that every believer is called to be. Not just a few, every believer. The person who would be king, leader, servant, minister, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, CEO, shift supervisor, Sunday school leader. Every person in the body of Christ. We must learn these leadership traits. We must learn these things that bring about the victory. And as we do that, we'll see the power of God move in our lives. Father, right now, I just ask that everybody that's listening to this, Lord, let them awake. Let them awaken to your things. Father, let them awaken. Let them awaken in the name of Jesus. Lord, let them move into intimacy with you. Lord, let them move into intimacy with you. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm reminded um, just today, I saw a post. I'm going to read it to you here. Just today, I saw a post by Pastor E.A. Ataboye, and uh, I immediately screenshot it. And not too long ago, I had a chance to meet him. And I'm reminded of something that he said. And it was coming up to me at the end of the broadcast. He said this, because we asked him, what would you recommend, you know, to an evangelist, to a pastor uh, when they're, you know, and this, one of the first things he said was, you know, holiness is key. Holiness is key. But another thing that he said was this. He said, I would never go out to speak on a platform without spending at least an hour uh, in intimacy with God or praying in the spirit without spending at least an hour. What is this? This is our... It's our filling station, time with God, intimacy with him. What good is preaching if we have no relationship with God? What are we even preaching about? But when we have relationship, that's where all of it stems from. He said this. He said, um, holiness is key in this post he had today. Holiness is key. Holiness is complete obedience to God. And this is what I want you to see. 90% thankfulness and praise is a secret so when we move into intimacy with God you know you may look at it and say well all he's doing is just thanking God that's not it what are we doing what are we talking about what are we agreeing on in prayer this is what Pastor Adeboye says who seats over a million people in one service at times over a million people I'm telling you it's it made my jaw drop it was hard to fathom my brain was having a hard time fathoming how big that church is in Nigeria, not America, in Nigeria. This is, this is a man who they have the power of God just while he's speaking. People get healed. Miracles happen. Creative miracles happen just while he's, while he's speaking. And here's what he's saying. When he's in time with God, 90% of that time, thanksgiving and praise is a secret. In other words, just praise him. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. Thank you things that you've done thank you father for who you are i worship you i praise you he says that's a secret when as we move into intimacy just praise god he inhabits the praises of his people you're going to be giant killers that's who you are now you're going to be even more after today you're going to be more of the people that beat back the enemy you're going to be more of the people that have goliaths that get beat down father i thank you for it thank you for moving them into those places where people will start to give glory to God because of what you're doing through the people here in this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. We love you. Have a great, great day. Uh, Let's see here. Hallelujah. If that's you, put it in the comments. Say, that'll be me. That will be me. Amen. Marky said the anointing is strong right now. I agree. Kevin, do you realize that before this encounter, Saul's sword was too heavy for David? But after he had beaten the giant, Goliath's sword was not heavy at all, and David wielded it and took his head, both spiritually and physically heavy. Yeah, that's good. Amen. What Barrett says, what good is preaching if you have no intimacy with God? Hallelujah. That will be me. Amen. They're coming in. Glory to God. <laughs> it will be you guys. It will be you guys.
I believe in you. It will be. You will be giant killers. You will be defeaters of the enemy. You will be overcomers. You will be more than conquerors. You will occupy till he comes. That's who you are. I'm talking to some giant killers today. That's who you are. We love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.